a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. He's on fire. <laughs> All right, welcome back. This is the Saturday Show at 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Corey, thank you for lightening the mood, honestly. I, I was going to say, and and that's kind of, it's really funny because when everything went down uh-huh. with the Stallions and the AAF, I didn't cry. I, like, I, I did I did not cry immediately the way that I did when the news of this came down. Sure. I think it's a little bit different when you're like in the moment. Well, when like, you're when you're when you're in it. When you're in it, yeah. it's literal survival mode. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, what needs to be done? And I mean, a little bit of a different situation, right? But we had like people that were just displaced. Like they weren't even from here. They didn't live here. <laughs> and uh but it's like I I was running around cracking jokes, yeah. even though I was like, oh god, like you, you none did, of us but, have but, a but none of us have a you job. Trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying to line the move, like trying yeah. to line yeah. the move, yeah. get people through it, get yeah. people back home, whatever. I it was probably three days later, I think, that I actually finally like broke down and cried, and it cried, and it was actually after because I was taking a bunch of like our guys to the airport, giving them okay. rides and stuff, yeah. and it was when I dropped BJ off. Um, and went home. I was like, because he was kind of the last, the last one mm-hmm. here. And I was like, wow, this is really over. <laughs> and I can understand that because you're in shock in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, Kate, and it's it's nothing. It, this one, I can understand why you were emotional about it because you've been through it mm-hmm. and you're thinking of the other people. And it, it bring, it's much easier to have empathy when you're not in that survival shock mode. And you're like. Yeah. Oh geez! Yeah, giddy up, giddy up! What yeah. like what needs but to be done? What do we got to do? How how do we get others through this? Sure, yeah. and, and you got empathy for what's going on right now. So uh, we've been talking. If you're just t- tuning in, we've been talking all about what happened yesterday. That's what this show is yeah. about today. Is what's going on now? I, I need to answer this question. Mama Haas, a longtime listener of the station, legendary, big BYU fan, gigantic. Lisa is legendary on our airwaves. We're coming on and loving to rip into Utah and. I'm sure she's going to call in at some point this coming week on DJ and PK because she's got this <laughs> unique relationship with the two of them. She sent me this just barely. And I, I think I can help clarify this a little bit because there's yeah. been a lot of confusion on this. I did had to, I actually asked the question myself on social media and started digging into it last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, it is confusing. Okay, so she said, Ute, speaking of the Utah football program or football athletic department, Utes get a full share in the Big 12 and BYU gets half. Is that right? It's not right. 
because in 2025, the, the reported $31.7 million payouts, the full share memberships, uh, full share payouts, like I said, for member schools, kicks in in 2025. The two years that BYU is in the conference here, they're getting partial shares. They're reported to be between 18 and $19 million. It's actually not that far off of what uh, the Big 12 current media rights deal pays out. Currently, the media rights deal pays $220 million annually. In 2025, it's going to 380. So Utah in 2024, 2025, the year that they will be in the conference that the new deal is not in effect, Michelle, they will make $22 million in media rights. That's besides bowl payouts, NCAA tournament shares. They they announced the record. It was 44 and change million for the Big 12 last year. It was a record mm-hmm. per school distribution. The $22 million is what you'll make in media rights for Utah that first year. Then, 2025 and beyond, all 16 members, all $31.7 million starting that year, and it's going up from there. Yeah. Hopefully that can clear up some of the confusion. It won't, but I'd try it. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, we, we put our best foot forward on this one. And actually, you kind of helped clear it because people have asked me, and I'm like, yeah, so I know. Like, yeah, I don't know. The current media rights, it's $220 million annually. And the, the way that the contracts have been written is that these new schools, the four newcomers, speaking of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, they're coming in as full share members. They're going to get the $22 million okay. media rights. At least I could be wrong on that, but everything I've read is if the contracts are written that way, that's what that payout is for the one year. And okay. then BYU, all, all other 15 members, all in 2025 together get $31.7 million in media rights. And that's besides, like I said, bull payouts, yeah. the NCAA all tournament the stuff. the extra stuff that gets sprinkled in if, if and, you do your job well. And, and keep an eye on the media, on the media rights, the data rights. Right. That, that's becoming a thing, people. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother opportunity to add more cash to the pot. Keep an eye on when the announcement, if and when that announcement comes. Uh, they said at Big 12 Media Days they were working on that. I, I wonder if the new additions change the calculus of that and when it ultimately gets announced. But that's a whole nother revenue stream that could be coming down mm-hmm. the pipe. So, all right. Need to get that question answered. So, well, there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Michelle, now... Uh, I've been kind of reading some, through some of these responses. I want to get to a couple more of them. So I asked this yesterday. I asked Utah fans, how are, we, how are you feeling? Yeah. I wanted to kind of get that pulse for how Utah fans are feeling about things. And I appreciate you retweeting it. I know that our station retweeted it and got some good responses here. So here's the thing. Uh, next one. We come in Big 12, NSL underscore Ute, North Salt Lake Ute, I believe is what it stands for. It says, best scenario given the options. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Well, and I think we've come to that conclusion. It, yeah. Based on what the room was doing and the chessboard, how it was moving, it's what you had to do. Yep. Uh, Tom Wimmer at Snoop Butt. That's a great Twitter handle. <laughs> It'll be a fun conference. More national exposure. You travel across the conference. Maybe that will help in recruiting. Well, Utah's been recruiting at a pretty high level already. But yeah. Our basketball team is in big trouble. I think there's a lot of basketball teams, uh, yeah. including BYUs that are in big trouble because... Yeah, woof. Yeah. Uh, but he says this, uh, but we'll be fine elsewhere. Is there equal pay for bowl games or do the successful teams get more of the money? Now, the way I understand that, the new contract and the current contract, it, just, it goes into one pot and it's distributed evenly. 
I know that the Pac-12 was talking about, as you can probably correct me, they were talking about unequal re- mm-hmm. revenue distribution, especially on the bull side of things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, to my understanding, my knowledge, it was going to be on the bull side of things, okay. which if you're going to do unequal revenue sharing, I think that's where it should come in, right? Yeah. You Reward you, you for do- playing well. Exactly. Yeah. And and maybe you skim like a little off the top and throw it in a pot and, and distribute it. Because to be honest, to in order to get to, you know, some of these more prestigious elements of college, college football, college mm-hmm. basketball, you need the rest of the conference to be good. And so, uh, you know, when you elevate, especially like last year with the Pac-12, where they had six teams finish in the top 25, you know, part of that's a result of every everyone else that didn't make that top 25 cut was viewed as being a good team, too. Mm-hmm. So, so there should be like a little reward I think for that um but for the most part I I think that kind of stuff should go to whoever earned it well and that may come down the road who knows because yeah. the the current big 12 contract it's gonna go through 2031 they're gonna go back to market and we'll see what happens at that point there's been a lot of talk uh Jason Shear out there saying that the, the the big 12 may push for two more basketball only members that would be Gonzaga and UConn Brett Yormark he loves himself some college hoop and, I'm glad someone does. <laughs> and, but, I, <laughs> and there's very strong <laughs> indications that if he pulls that off, even if he doesn't pull it off, that when the next media rights round comes for the Big 12, Michelle, mm-hmm. that he may decouple football from basketball and pursue separate deals for those two sports. The Big 12 is going to be the preeminent basketball conference. Oh, it? there, there's no question about that. So th- that's kind of his thought. So, but... Uh, I've got one other comment I want to talk about here, and it's kind of a launching off point for what I wanted to talk about in this segment, Michelle. Okay. It comes from Paul Hallbaum, I think is how you pronounce this. It's H-A-L-L-B-O-M. Um, so, that feels like a yeah. safe guess. All right, so he says, We, speaking of Utah, lived in a nice home with no backyard neighbors. The city rezoned to build a Walmart on the vacant lot. We reluctantly moved, only to discover the new home had a very angry kitty next door. <laughs> Come to find out, this hood will be destroyed in a few years as well, so meh. I, yeah, I mean, we, we've we kind of touched on that a little bit. So that's where I kind of want to go. It's like, come to so come to find out this hood, will be, speaking of neighborhood, will be destroyed in a few years as well. So, man, that's what I want to do. Michelle, looking ahead here, and hold none of this against us, because mm-hmm. 13 months ago when Corey moved here, who could have guessed that the University of Utah and BYU, after 13 years being estranged, yeah, doing their own thing. Are back together in the same conference. Yeah, I would have put big money that was not going to happen. No, for a while. Oh, yeah. if ever. I I mean, really, up until maybe the last month, I yeah. I would have thought you were absolutely insane. But, but it's a reality. It's now. it's the reality now. So now, as you look forward here, because to what Paul says here, and we've already talked about this, is that Utah made pitches to the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and also to your other point, and I completely agree with it. If you're any of these schools, and I mean any of them, BYU, Utah, on down the list in the Big 12, you've got to be constantly monitoring the situation moving forward here. Mm -hmm. Because if it sure looks like this, if a TV network, ESPN, Fox, whoever it is, if they want to pull something apart, they have now proven that they can do that. I'm actually wondering how how long before they pull the ACC apart. Oh, yeah, because we all know that eyes peeled. ESPN has the rights for by and large with the ACC mm-hmm. right now, but you can guarantee Fox is sitting there saying, "All right, what do we got to do here? Like, yeah. can we can we can we hone our way in? How how do we manipulate this situation to get what we want?" So 
Where do you think things are going, Michelle? Big open-ended question. I know, I know. Crazy. And again, opinion has completely and totally changed, but I think we are barreling towards some kind of NFL-ish model. And if the moves that have just barely been made hadn't been made, I would have maybe been a little bit skeptical because I think – um, I just really think USC, UCLA really overestimating their ability to be able to handle that for five, that travel for five or six years. I mean, now they have some people to kind of cushion that blow a little bit. Sure. Um, I I would have bet that things maybe would have kind of sort of ended up going back the way that people would have gone back um, and or... Uh, a little more care mm-hmm. perhaps taken in trying to build branches and pods in order to take care of everybody if we really were going to do this P2 thing. Now it's just the wild, wild west. And, and we are barreling towards this thing. And at some point, I think it collapses. I just do. I think it's going to get too big. I don't, I just, I don't think it's going to get managed very well. And I think part of it's because we are barreling toward it very, very fast. Um, and I think these things take time and they take planning if, if you're going to try and do something like that. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, I, as I've said, this is such a complex story. There are so many things going on. I've talked about a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, I, I think I know, and then something comes up that I was not anticipating that I did not see and I have to say, I think there's things floating around that we're not discussing. And part of it's that I don't think we even know that they exist in the moment, to to be honest. And they Fair. could come up yeah. to the forefront and completely change my opinion again. But for for the here and now, uh, I think the P2 is exactly what we're barreling towards. Well, and. I feel like, to your point, yesterday points towards that. Because mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion, had in some ways sanity prevailed mm-hmm. with the Pac-12, with these university presidents, had they decided, you know what, we really want to go to a national model, do we, or do we want to stay regional? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. We're pushing towards national versus mm-hmm. staying regional, because that's exactly what happened. The funny thing about this is, and this is this is the East Coast biased at its finest. I'm seeing Big Ten fans saying, "I can't wait to make a road trip to Oregon and UCLA in the same weekend." Or what? I'm like, "Do you realize they're 1,100 miles apart?" Yeah, that. I, I hope you're planning on taking some time off. <laughs> I just the, there is this perception on the East Coast that. Everything out in the West is so smashed together like it is on the East Coast. It's no. not. It's not. We, we're spread out. We got room, homies. There's a lot of open land. There are wide open spaces, to quote the country song out there. It, it, and they exist in all over. So I just, I'm not sure that the Big Ten fans at large, in Understand the traditional Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. They, It spans. And it. You're right. It it feels like we're moving towards that. Now, the the thought I've got on this is yes, I I'm kind of I, I'm with you that I think we're pushing towards a truly national model, which frankly sucks. Yeah. Cuz I don't love it. The college environments 
are unique. They're 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 regional. They mm-hmm. they exist in their own spheres. The NFL is so I don't know. I I will tell you this. I've traveled to a couple of NFL games. Uh-huh. I like watching NFL on TV. I don't know that I love being at the games quite as much. The only place I have ever been that has that like magical kind of college feel, Green Bay. Well, and Green Bay is the smallest market in the, yeah. NFL, in the NFL. Uh, the, there's reasons why, why it NFL, feels that way. And if the NFL was being formed today, there's not a chance in hell that Green Bay ends up with an NFL franchise. Oh, God, no. So no. I'm just saying. Like, so, like Green Bay is very unique yes. in that way. And that's what a lot of college towns are. And mm-hmm. But as you push towards a national model, it's going to, I guess, in a way sanitize what football, college football has been. It's always been unique and distinct from the NFL, which has been a, it's a professional model. It's, yeah. There are, like, Philadelphia Eagles fans are legendary. Right. Kansas City Chiefs fans are legendary. San Francisco 49ers fans, Oakland Raiders fans, like, there, there are— Bills Mafia. Yes. There are Thank u- you. Yes, but there are, there's unique aspects, but by and large, the NFL is so sanitized yeah. and it's so cut-and-dry business-oriented mm-hmm. that college— College has a lot more emotion to it, mm-hmm. and that and pageantry, pageantry, yes. The 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 pregame, the the flyovers, the the marching bands, the 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 cute little yeah. bubbly cheerleaders, yes. and yeah, the song leaders. Like, trust me, like the, the, that stuff doesn't exist in the NFL. No, that's what college. And I'm afraid we're we're at risk of losing that. And I say we as a general populace. Yes. We're at risk of losing all of that as you as, if you push towards this is all about the almighty dollar. Mm-hmm. You're going to cast a lot of stuff off to the wayside, and it kind of goes back to what you talked about earlier, Michelle. Is there's a personal aspect to all of this that is being lost yeah. in the business side of it the the bottom the bottom line on that that sheet. Okay, are we making net po- profit? Okay, we're off off we go. This is stuff being decided in a, in a business boardroom. That if any of them were to step out of that boardroom and go and see the environments that they're that they're affecting, yeah, it may have changed their opinion. Oh, abs- absolutely, and it's you know it's crazy. I actually so yesterday I have this girl that I mentor a little bit. Um, she she is actually about to start her first semester at BYU. Go go figure that the 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 Utah beat writers mentoring <laughs> mentoring this. Hey. This little gal that's about to start her college career at BYU loves BYU, right. loves BYU athletics, cool. grew yeah. up with it. Awesome, amazing. Sure. Um, but, like, one of the questions she was asking me was, like, how how do you go about building a brand and and, like, being true to yourself? And it's really hard to do in this business because, uh-huh. again— there, there is a level of sterilization, uh, and as a media member, and especially as a female media member, mm-hmm. um, there, there are sometimes expectations that like you're very like unapproachable. Like there is just this line a of wall. a wall, okay. almost, and that is just so not who I am. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like there, like, like literally, there's been instances, and it's so sweet and it's so cute. Um, you know, with some of these players that, uh, you know, I've uh, guys that like don't normally get interviewed and I find something out cool about them, want to interview them, want to do sure. a story. And afterwards, 
they'll like scoop me up in a big hug. And especially early on, it's like, oh my God, like a little bit of a shock. Or, uh, yeah. Like, is like, oh my God, I hope no one thinks anything's going on here because this is supposed to be so cut and dry and ster- sterilized and no emotions. And, and now it's like, you know, I, for me, it's cool, whatever. Like, you know what? Cause this business is getting just yucky. So it's like, you know what? Like, we're we're gonna roll like that. We're just we're we're gonna go with that. That's how people interact with me, and I'm cool with that. And I think other people are picking up on it, and so it's 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 been a cool thing. But I don't know. I just I I I don't like cut and dry business. Like yes, handle your business, but like you can also be human too. And, and it's honestly like it shocks me how much it gets appreciated. Like I've had players like DM me, Hey, like, thanks for being nice to me, which I should not be getting those kinds of DMS. Like that should just be like a standard practice across the board. And it's not. Well, should it should be is the the operative word there. It should be, but too often anymore, it's become transactional Mm -hmm. that you are providing a service. I'm speaking for a student athlete. You are here providing a service to this university, and once you're done, and, so, and it sounds really, really callous, but they're cast aside. They can be, and I think, to be honest, that's what makes Utah so special. That's what makes BYU so special. Is I there agree. there is a little bit of this? Hey, like we appreciate what you did for you're us. You're part and of the family. You're part of the family. Yeah. Come back anytime, and mm-hmm. you're going to be welcomed with open arms. We love your input. We love, you know, we want you to be involved in this thing. And that, and tr- trust me, I, I, I do appreciate that about Utah and, U- and BYU in particular because mm-hmm. the coaches themselves, I'm thinking of Kyle Whittingham and Kalani Stoggy, they have really engendered that into their program. Like there is a familial aspect to it. You come back, you're loved up the same as you were when you were suiting up for that team. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you made it to the NFL or if you were a bottom of the bench scrub. They, yeah. You are still, you, you, you were part of this, and you are part of it still, and that—that that I can appreciate. But I'm, I'm afraid that we're losing that, and it, it may become the BYU and Utah are the outliers in all of this. Well, I—I I mean, to be honest, they've kind of been outliers for a while because I—I talked to you know, and I think that was kind of part of the Stallions as well. Is mm-hmm. like we had a very strong core of Utah and BYU players. Duh. Um, shocking. Shocking news break. Um, but then we had a bunch of other kind of rando guys that got thrown into the mix of that. And I think they were seeing how tight those players were with each the other. Bond, yeah. And sometimes, like, I mean, there were some pretty big age gaps between some of those Utah players. You know, we had a Matt Asiata mm-hmm. um, that had been in the NFL, graduated yeah. forever, um, dealing with Aleka Uatafe, who had just kind of barely graduated college. Sure. And I mean, it didn't matter though. You're Utah, like, then we're brothers. We're, we're the cool hashtag with each you other. boys thing mm-hmm. exists it's, for a reason. It's, it's real. Yeah. And so there's these other guys that came from other places that are like, what the heck is this? Like, we don't know. We don't know other alums. Sure. Um, And then even. And it's kind of a weird thing, too, when you look at, like, the rivalry, like, there, there's kind of this weird underlying hatred. But a lot of them, outside of that, they're friends with each other. 
Sure. Like, so there's even a little bit of a brotherhood, cross brotherhood there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the '90s guys. I don't know those that that group don't seem to like each other very much. But like, kind of before and after that, yeah. there seems to be some coolness there. Well, I I'm, I can tell you that there, that, that, yeah, there are. The, the, <laughs> thing, the funny thing about this, and I'll also say this: BYU and Utah are more linked to the player level than almost any other level. Oh. Administration, fan, coach, like the players, the guys who grew up playing each other in high school, they yeah. hung out together. They still hang out together to this day. Yeah. They're not these mortal enemies. No. That's not so yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting path ahead. And I'm hopeful that it can it goes it, in some ways reverts back in a way, but yeah. it's sad that yesterday happened because it feels like it's a it's a push towards what we didn't want to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh we will come back on the other side. Uh, we've got an interview. We're gonna talk ultimate disc. Now, I get that it may not register, but we have a really, really good team in our backyard. We're going to talk about that next. It's also, uh, that's a great question, Corey. What conference are they in? I think they play, it's called the, like the, it's American Ultimate Disc League, I think it's Audel, I think it's AUDL or something like that. Anyways, we'll get more information on that. It's five minutes of talking about some other topics. There's other sports that are happening outside of what's happening in college sports. We'll get to that next. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Saturday Show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin there, Jake Hatch here as we break down everything going on in the sports world. It's time for five minutes of. We're going to kick off uh, this segment with uh, the Salt Lake Shred. Now, that name doesn't sound familiar. It, I, I can understand that. But we've got a really, really good team in our backyard. They compete in the American Ultimate Disc League, if I've got that correct. And Isaac Pritchett joins us. He's one of the co-founders uh, and co-owners of the Salt Lake Shred. Isaac, thank you for taking some time this morning. How are you? Doing fantastic. Beautiful day. Thank you, Jake. Uh, so, Isaac, uh, you guys are 11-1, and one, speaking of the Shred, uh, and you guys are in the playoffs now. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, that's right. We'll be hosting the West Divisional Championship game this coming Friday. Okay, so you're 11-1, and one, uh, and for those of our listeners out there, I think a lot of people have played Ultimate Frisbee growing up in some form or fashion. I played it when I was at BYU. I had a friend that said, hey, we need an extra guy for our intramural team. So I went and played with them. I am far from what you're looking for in terms of what you're looking for for the Salt Lake Shred, but it's still, it's still sure. a fun sport. Explain what, it, what all it entails. Yeah, probably the best parallel uh, to people not familiar with the sport is it's a little bit of a cross between soccer and football. So the goal is to get the disc into the end zone, kind of like scoring a touchdown in football. But when you catch the disc, you can't run with it. 
Um, you have to throw it to somebody else who's cutting. So there's a lot of dynamic movement cuts like you would see in soccer trying to, you know, attack different angles of the field. Uh, and, and so you said that you're hosting this. Where Where is your home field? Yeah, our home field is Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman, Utah. Uh, it's a beautiful facility out there. Awesome view of the mountains. Nice big turf field. Uh a lot of people that can fit in the stands, but it's still kind of nice and cozy, which means you can get loud and, and make some noise, affect the other team. All right, so you guys got to 11-1. and one. You mentioned you're hosting the West Championship. Uh, just kind of break down how the season's gone for the team. Obviously, it's been highly, highly successful and losing once in the run-up to this. Yeah, it's been fantastic. We've we've really been proud of the work that we've put in over the season. Um, our inaugural season was last year. Uh, we went 10-2. and two and then unfortunately lost to Colorado in the divisional championship game this year. We've beaten everyone in the West and actually hosted the reigning champions, New York. Um, They are our only loss this season. Uh, So we're really proud of the work we've been able to put in and uh, the kind of the dominance we've established in the West so far. And so who are you playing this week and, and tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, we are playing the Los Angeles aviators. They, uh, you know, had a rough season last season, but made some really, really big off-season moves. They picked up Sean McDougal, who currently is leading the whole league in plus-minus, and Powell Giannis, who is the league's actually all-time assist leader. So really, really great kind of handler quarterback player. So they've been really dangerous this year. They started out a little slow. They started out one and three, but as their chemistry got together with all these new acquisitions, they went on a really hot five-game run and really haven't looked back. So they're uh, kind of peaking at exactly the right time and looking dangerous. Isaac, I'm looking over like the team names in this league. And there's some great names. You mentioned the LA Aviators. You have the Colorado Summit, the Seattle Cascades, the San Diego Growlers. There's some, there's some really fun mascot names here. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the naming. I think we got a good uh, good league. The New York team, who are really strong, are called the Empire, which yeah. is kind of what I think of the Yankees as sometimes. Okay. So yeah. appropriate naming conventions. Uh, yeah, it's great. Now, where do where do your old where does your team come from? Are they are they Utah based guys? Like, what's the makeup of the team? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, over the past maybe ten to fifteen years, Utah has been establishing a really strong youth scene, actually. Um, the Lone Peak High School has won the national high school championship for the past two years, um, and that's work that people have been putting in at the ground level for a long time. So we are lucky to have a lot of talent out of Utah State, University of Utah, Brigham Young University, and that's where I would say the core of our players come from. But we're also super lucky this year um, that we've kind of attracted some talent from across the country, actually. Um, We have Elijah Jaime, who played for Atlanta last year and kind of saw our team and wanted to get involved, so now plays with us. Um, And multiple-time world and national champion Grant Lindsley, um, who used to play for New York, now is coming out and playing for us, which is really fantastic, and we're lucky to have all those guys. That's awesome. So I said Friday night out there at Zions Bank Stadium. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it'll be August 11th, starts at 7 p.m. So just kind of as the sun is setting, it'll be a a really nice night, lovely weather. Uh, It's one of my favorite kind of summer traditions now. I I love going to those games. And where can people get tickets? Yeah, you can go to saltlakeshred.com to buy tickets. Mm -hmm. I would recommend doing that. You can get tickets at the door, but the prices go up a little bit. So saltlakeshred.com is the place to go for tickets. Awesome. Well, Isaac, thank you for carving out some time for us this morning and best of luck. Hopefully you guys can uh, win it on Friday and advance in the playoffs. 
Yeah, yeah, really appreciate it. We are looking forward to it. We, uh, we're confident on our chances, and uh, we're excited to play the game. All right, there you go. Isaac Pritchett, big thank you to him. Uh, Salt Lake Shred in action coming up, hosting the LA Aviators. As I'm telling you, Michelle, these names. The West alone had some good ones. DC Breeze. Uh, the Philadelphia Phoenix is a unique one, but like, there's, yeah, I gotta say, they, they, this is not like I, I, I talk about in soccer all the time how like the, the a lot of major league soccer teams have kind of followed the European model of naming their teams. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you just have new things. Minnesota Windchill, that's a great name. That is a great name. No, I, it's a little more unique. Yes. Um, and again, bringing this full circle, like that was the whole point of. The AAF, mm-hmm. if you notice, all the yes. names were really unique and cool and different, except yeah. for Salt Lakes. Yeah. Wah, wah. I, still, I still had issues with the stallions and little things, but nonetheless. They, they loved the alliteration, and they didn't put very much thought into our team, because I think we we were the last ones that they actually were working on, but I digress. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair all right. So there you go. The Salt Lake Shred, if you want to get out and watch it. By the way, that Zions Bank Stadium. It hosts the so the Utah Warriors call that home. Obviously, the Real Monarchs, the uh, the minor league for Real Salt Lake, that's their home field. It's actually a really really fun, unique environment. It's got incredible views. Beautiful and uh, yeah, I I mean the facilities are bar none yep. except for the the indoor facility. Reminds me of the Partridge Family. I sing the Partridge Family every time I pull up there. It was actually a thing that uh, myself and. Because that's where the Stallions yes. practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spent many a practice yeah, hanging out with y'all. Hanging there. out with us. Yeah. Uh, that was what me and Lamar um, Thomas would like. We would okay. see like like. And if you if you're a football fan, you know Lamar Thomas. Like my <laughs> big Miami guy, <laughs> kill killer wide receiver back in the nineties. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. A couple of things we need to cover in this segment, Michelle. Uh, Real Salt Lake uh, in action last night. They were down one nothing at halftime to Club León. Uh, now they're playing what's called the League's Cup. This is a matchup between both Major League Soccer and Liga MX down mm-hmm. in Mexico. RSL got pummeled, for lack of a better term, by by Monterrey. And I'm not gonna lie. I was going into last time like, okay, Club León. They actually just won the Champions League, the Concacaf Champions League, beating mm-hmm. LAFC, who is by many people in many people's eyes the best team in major league soccer but to Real Salt Lake's credit they came out last night in the second half like men possessed 17 shots generating all kinds of looks on goal scoring three uh there were two that went to Danny Musovsky and then obviously Chicho Arango scored the third and Arsenal advances now so they now head to face off against LAFC on Tuesday with a chance to make it to the quarterfinals. If they win at LAFC on Tuesday, which is the round of 16 in this tournament, Michelle, they will return home on Saturday and host quarterfinal action. So we'll see. Not not bad after having a raccoon oh, drop well. through the ceiling. Okay. The, the, <laughs> the raccoon part of it is just... I did. I was not there Thursday night because it was just too late at the start. And with my turnaround on radio responsibilities, yeah. I wasn't going to be there. I told my wife, as that was unfolding on social media, I'm like, man, I wish I would have gone. Just, I should have just sucked it up. Just to exp- now, let's. Okay, that was a hellacious storm that rolled through. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. I drove through it because I, I did. I hosted Unrivaled that afternoon. And I was driving home, and I could see it like out on the horizon. I'm like, that looks pretty nasty. Oh, and as I got closer, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it, it, it. That was insane. Yeah, the last couple of nights, crazy weather. Yeah, but the, that that storm alone, that one like severe. I understand why they ended up postponing the game because yeah. the, the that weather cell was going to last until 1 a.m. They had every intention also of this, by the way, 
of playing until 11 p.m. Like they were gonna, they were gonna push it as long. They wanted to get that, get that match in, and they were willing to wait till 11 p.m. to see if that would go through. But it Ugh. never cleared up on the, on the, on with the weather radar. And they're, like, you know what? Let's just, we're gonna postpone it. Fun night, all the same. Last night, Corey, were you out at it last night? No, it wasn't okay. part of our season ticket package, and okay. we didn't, we didn't buy those. Yeah, because you are a season ticket holder for Real Salt Lake, and that's, that's the thing about this is, it was just, it was a really fun thing because. Trust me, the first half of RSL last night, they looked completely like, – it's like, okay, yeah, they, they're not in the same league as Liga MX here. Second half, they took it right to them and looked – I was like, okay. You got to love that. If they play like this, ain't nobody stopping this this club. Mm-hmm. The problem is can you channel that night after like, – I didn't say night after yeah, night, yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. Have, you got to be – it's got to be consistent. And going to LAFC is going to be a different deal for them on Tuesday. Well, and I think they have channeled that for the most part. I mean, in their last 14 yeah. games – Ten wins, three ties, and one loss. Yeah, I mean this team is really good right now. They've completely changed this season, and that's that's the thing about this is they they started out very very poor, and to their credit, have completely turned around. Now, the acquisitions in and of itself, they just actually uh, signed a deal to get Brian Ojeda here full time from Nottingham Forest uh, in the English Premier League, uh, two uh, two million dollars. That makes their grand total spent so far this year somewhere between sixteen and seventeen million dollars. Yeah. The heaviest investment, by the way, across the league. Nobody in nobody major league soccer has spent more money than the Real Salt Lake has spent this season alone. They're putting, the, they're, they're, yeah, they're putting the money in, and it's paying off right now. Like, yeah, that's that's the fun part about because trust me, there are other teams out there that spend lots and lots of money, and it just does not go the way that they expect it to. It, Texas A and M, totally different sport, totally different. <laughs> Only, yeah. but yeah, more or less the more or less what we're talking about. Yeah, it, it's just it's kind of it's kind of funny how th- how things work the way that they work. Uh, one other thing, real quick, Michelle is uh, in. I I know you've been so engrossed in all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- Want to say uh, best wishes to Ricky Rubio, a former Utah Jazz guy. Uh, he, actually, this came out this morning. Uh, he has announced that this morning that he's putting his career on hold indefinitely to focus on his mental health. Now. Yeah. Uh, Ricky has been in professional basketball since he was 18 years old, like and even longer than that, but like at the NBA mm-hmm. level, he's been around for a really, really long time. He says, I have decided to stop my professional activity to take care of my mental health. I want to thank all the support I have received from the Spanish national team to understand my decision today. Hashtag family makes more sense than ever. Thank you. I would ask that my privacy be respected so that I can face these moments and be able to give more information when the time is right. Unquote. So, he was supposed to be part of the Spanish national team in the upcoming World Cup and everything, mm-hmm. and he's a big part. He's 32 years old. It's crazy to think that Rubio is still just 32 years old because I've been tracking him since he was 16. Jeez. I remember hearing about this, just this absolutely incredibly gifted passer yeah. out of Spain named Ricky Rubio, and he looked every bit the young Spaniard, like, wizard. Yeah. But uh, I just want to wish him wish him well because this, yeah. is, this is no laughing matter. No, no. Mental health stuff is very very serious and i'm glad that he's taking care of himself because i i think we've seen far too often in sports where people don't handle mm-hmm. whatever's going on um and it it they pay an ultimate price for it so i i'm glad that he's taking care of it i'm glad as a society a sports society we're getting better at you know recognizing dealing with taking care of being open about that um and then obviously as a society as a whole outside mm-hmm. of sports as well. It's it's important. Yeah. Uh, he does have two seasons and $12.5 million left on a contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
who knows uh, what ultimately transpires on that front. But I uh, want to wish him the best. Obviously, he was a guy who was out here in Utah and was a really, really well-respected guy while he was here. Just just consummate professional. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. All right. Uh, we will come back on the other side, put a bow on this edition of the Saturday show. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back to the Saturday show, Corey, man. <laughs> oh, it's been awesome. You like this song, Michelle? I, so this song. I, I remember when this song was so pot, like, oh. and there was like the Star Wars version uh-huh. and I just like. I, it's so weird how this took off the way that it did, but it always reminds me of when I actually went to my my first NFL game at Lambeau, okay. Lambeau Field yeah. to watch the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers open up the 2020 or 2013 NFL season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to watch Alex Smith and I got to watch uh, Aaron Rodgers. Jeez. Awesome. Awesome. That's that was actually- That was my first NFL game. That's pretty cool, actually. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like that's that doesn't happen. Like okay, that doesn't that doesn't happen. It's kind of what music does for people because mm-hmm. you can you can name songs like okay. Um, what's my age again? Blink One Eighty Two. Every time I hear that song, you know what takes me to immediately. Uh-huh. Uh, it was my sophomore year in high school, Mountain View High School in Orem, Utah. At an assembly where our student body president recreated that song with him and his buddies making their own music video to it. I will forever remember that. Remember that. that. <laughs> I was 16 years old. I'm 36 now, Michelle. Right. Like it's 20 years in the past. But that song. Oh, damn. That's I, that's I know. I know. A totally different set. Sorry. I'm like, oh, wow. Junior high was 20 years ago. It's terrifying. Me. Wow. I, know. I, I think back to stuff like that and it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. But, <laughs> but that's, that's what music can do for people. Yeah. It completely, it can transport you literally back in time to your, so crazy stuff, but it's been a wild show. It's, yeah. It's, it's been a lot. We've tried to cover as much ground as possible. I don't think we even scratched the surface. Oh, not even. And, and part of it's because I like, I guarantee you there's, there's things that will come up on this topic that we did, we just don't know about uh, at this point in time. Sure. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what all comes out. Um, like it just, yeah, it's just, it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. I, I, I don't know really what else to say. That's the, the best explanation I can give. Well, and Kate, to add to that point is it's kind of hard to, really have a I don't know and it's hard to have a full appreciation or full understanding of everything that's just transpired Mm -hmm. because it's so fresh and new Mm -hmm. because trust you would have told me 48 hours ago that Utah and BYU were in the Big 12 together I'm like okay I see those rumors but I just I just don't see it yeah 48 hours later here they are yeah here we are I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. What, to what's me. old is sometimes new again. <laughs> Let's go. Um, it, r- real quick on this. Yeah. 
do you want that rivalry game back on Thanksgiving weekend, or do you think they should try something new? Like, because the Red River rivalry was always played. It's always played. Uh, the it's played right around the uh, the Texas State Fair, early October, I believe. Oh, interesting. I actually did not know I, that. I saw some people pushing for because BYU and Utah State for years have played that Friday before general conference. Uh-huh. They just kind of a trend. I, I I just wonder, do you want it back Thanksgiving weekend with the Holy War? Do you want me to be totally honest? I'm not terribly excited that this game is back the way that it's going to be. I just here's the and here's why. Look, okay. it's a, it's a great game. It is a great game. Mm-hmm. I wish people would just let it be a great game. They can't with without all the other shenanigans yeah. and and I. I personally felt like the space between the two actually made it a little bit healthier. So I'm a li- I'm a little concerned being in such close quarters with each other again. Oh, come on. What this is going to look like. I, I really, I am. I'm legitimately yeah. concerned because I, I am so team be cool with each other. Like I have, I obviously I lean more to the mm-hmm. Utah side of things, but I, I have zero issues with BYU's football program. Zero. Mm-hmm. Like, zero, zero. I, I like a lot of people that are involved with that. Um, I just, I, I don't, please, let's, let's be some, somewhat civil. Like, the, the poking fun at, ha ha, he he stuff, like, that is all great. Sure. When it turns mean, I'm not into it. But uh, to your point, I, I think it is going to be a Thanksgiving thing again. I, I, that's why I suspect it'll be, because... I'm assuming that the Big 12 will want to create a, a rivalry weekend mm-hmm. where the Territorial Cup, which has traditionally been played on Thanksgiving weekends, played there. Uh, the Battle for the Sunflower. Is it the Battle for the Sunflower State between Kansas, Corey? Is it what they call it? Is that the Kansas-Kansas State rivalry? Sunflower Showdown. Sunflower Showdown. Yeah. I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming some of those will be set up, and this the, the holy war between BYU and Utah yeah. gets set there. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Any final thoughts from you? No, no. <laughs> I... I I'm a blank slate at the moment. Uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying my weekend. I, you're not going to hear too much from me. Um, <laughs> and I got yeah. that approved because I was not supposed to be on yesterday and I was yeah. on. Um, yeah. But actually, I'm I'm going to be meeting up with a friend that's in town. Good. So All right. Well, enjoy that. Yeah. And we will reconvene next week and try and make heads or tails of whatever's going on. By the way, Corey, want to say publicly – we're going to miss you, dude. Yeah, Thanks, man. buddy. Corey's leaving us. Uh, he's not going too far. He's still living here. I'm still staying in Salt Lake. You're doing podcasting. Yeah, I'm joining a podcasting network back in Kansas City, which is where I had. Do you have a, a name for it, by the way, so people can find it if they want? Not to. yet. Okay. Not yet. We're well, working on the names. To be determined. Yeah. Okay. When you have it, send it to me, and we'll, we'll give you a shout Sounds out. good, man. All right. Well, like I said, I just wanted to publicly thank you for everything you did for us. All right. That's it. Finito. It's done. It's been a wild show. All right. Uh, stay tuned all week long here on The Zone. we got plenty of coverage to come on the other shows throughout the days, uh, Monday through Friday. And obviously, we'll be back here next Saturday, right here on the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.